you're you're a problem. Thanks for giving me the problem, Mike. How about you tell me how to fix it? I'm Matt Robeson. It's financial life planning with my co-host Mike Morton. Mike, you're really good at laying out some problems that people write in write into, and then really really good at giving some breadcrumbs. Hey, I have solutions. Here here are a few breadcrumbs. Today we're gonna yeah. find a loaf or at least a slice because. <laughs> We were talking a few weeks ago about solving a certain kind of problem that I think a lot of our listeners probably run into. And that led me to text you over the weekend, or maybe it was Friday, led me to text you, hey, Mike, is a rollover IRA an IRA? And I'm promising we're going somewhere with this. Can I continue to add money to an IRA? And let's answer that question, and then let's tell people where we're going with this. You know what? I think even you could answer no, that question, no, no, no. Matt. You're wrong. Is a rollover this is not IRA no, I'm and serious about this IRA? <laughs> yes, but that doesn't mean it's that in you're the still, name because what you're doing it's is in you're the name an account that used to be an IRA. You're transferring it out of that. If you have a rollover 401k and you're taking it out of an account you used to have, when it moves to a different institution, is it still the same thing? All right. Hold on. Stop. Wait, you know what? You know what, Matt? <laughs> Matt, stop talking. You're confusing yourself and all the listeners with all your jargon. All right. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Let's break it down. Is a rollover IRA an IRA? Yes. The hint is in the name, Matt. It's a rollover IRA. It is an IRA. Okay. That's step one. It's an IRA. That wasn't really your question. Your question was, can I contribute to my no, rollover. That, hold on, that hold was on. your second. No, 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 that no. was your second question. This is a trap. This but is there a trap. are 401ks. If people assume all right, fine. this all right. based on, all right. well, it's got IRA in the name, you could easily be wrong. It doesn't guarantee to me that it's going to have the same tax treatment. <laughs> yeah. Once you roll over no. from one institution to another, does that mean that this has, I understand that it's a tax deferred account when you initially made contributions to it, but if I make future, yes, it's true. What I'm really asking about is future contributions, but that's the critical point. If I sail on just assuming that if I make further contributions to this rollover IRA, that they're going to have this tax deferred status, I could be wrong and I could cost myself a lot of money. This is a, this is a big deal. That, all right. That's true. That is true. But again, you're very confusing, Matt, because you're saying words like tax deferred and rollover IRA, those aren't the same things. Your rollover IRA, if it's a traditional IRA, then yes, it is tax deferred. But if it's a Roth IRA, it's tax free. So we really have to break down. Wait, are you <laughs> saying that just because it has the word IRA in it, it's into it's not intuitively obvious? I see. <laughs> no, if it has the word IRA in it, it is an IRA. That's my point. Rollover IRA, Roth IRA, SEP. IRA, simple IRA. They all end in IRA. They're all IRAs. They're all IRAs. Now, what can you do with them? Or what are they tax deferred? Are they tax free? Can I transfer it? Can I withdraw from it? Can I contribute to it? All right, more questions, but they're all IRA. The hint is in the name. <laughs> I, I still think, I still think you're kind of missing it though. All right. It doesn't, it, it, it's great that it's like I contributed a few thousand. I mean, we're not talking about a large account here, but like once upon a time, I created an IRA with a certain financial institution and 
per one of our shows that we did maybe a year ago, I decided I have way too many accounts. I do have way too many accounts. And this is a common problem for a lot of, hmm. you have different jobs, so you can end up with different 401ks. You live in different places, so maybe it makes sense at a certain point to open up an account with a local financial advisor who's attached to a certain institution, and then you move. That's what happened to us. We were attached to a financial institution, someone we knew who was in an office, like next door to me, someone I could work with, that was important to me. Then we moved to an entirely different state. Like this no longer makes sense. So I rolled over this IRA that had, I mean, literally it's it's not a lot of money. It's it's a few thousand bucks. Okay. And I, I successfully went through all of the pain in the you know what steps. <laughs> Which, it, by the way, they do not make it easy. It's like, it's easier to quit the gym, I promise you. <laughs> so I managed to roll over to the financial institution I was now using. And now I've got this rollover IRA account. It goes up whenever I look at the dashboard in my institution. And it's just been sitting there. It's yeah. growing, invested it. But the question was, do, is this is this still a functional account that I can add to and will get the same tax treatment that it had in my old institution? I don't think that's intuitively obvious. That question is not intuitively obvious. I totally agree with you. W great question, man. <laughs> not, is it an IRA? Answer, yes. <laughs> okay. Now, how can you use this? If you want to contribute money in 2023 to a traditional IRA, I wouldn't use your rollover IRA. I would open up a new traditional IRA. And the, it's not that you- Why? Oh, yeah. Why, why, why would I open up yet another, yet another one? I know. It's because I find it easier to keep track of where what the accounts are and what they're used for. Your rollover IRA, <clears throat> you could roll- I would roll everything that's a previous- This is the way I recommend it. Everything that's a previous money that's tax deferred into a single rollover IRA. So you have a rollover IRA, great. You have a rollover IRA. You only need one of those. If you have a previous, say Matt, you worked at a job 10 years ago and you have a 401k with 10,000 bucks in it from that job. Mm -hmm. You could transfer, let's use the word transfer, the money from your 401k into your rollover IRA. And I you see. could use the same rollover IRA. And therefore what you told me earlier is, Mike, this money is old money that I rolled over. Okay, great. Let's use the rollover IRA. It's really easy to know what's in there. Old money, let's make it all tax deferred and it's in the rollover IRA. So if you have a couple of, I worked at this job for a while, I worked at this job for a while, I got 10,000 in this 401k, 15,000 in this 401k, you could put them all into the same rollover IRA. I see, okay. So what you're saying is, let's say I'm now at a large financial institution that rhymes with Ganvard and I get to my dashboard and I see I've got a brokerage account, I've got a rollover IRA, I've got an account in there that represents something from my employer um, currently. All right, what you're saying is, yes, I know it's, it's a little annoying when you look at your dashboard to have one more account show up. That might be a teeny tiny bit more confusion, but you actually think it's net less confusion because what I'm gonna do is, I have previous employment 401ks. My wife has previous employment 401ks. Mm -hmm. And we're going to use this one nope. rollover IRA. Wait, 
No, uh, your wife can't use your rollover, Ira. She needs her So own. I need another account. No, you don't need another account. She needs another account. <laughs> yeah, but no, but this is a feature here as well. Yeah. I want to be able to look at everything on one dashboard. And I put a lot of work with Ganvard yeah. into signing a lot of documents so that I could log in once and see okay. everything comprehensively. So you might be able to get view access to her rollover, Ira. I see. But it's going to be hers. Remember that... Remember the I in Ira is individual, yeah. okay? So I it's see. per individual. So you can't mix those. But the answer is, yes, she's got some old 401ks. You got some old 401ks. You could put them into, you could transfer the money from an old 401k into your Ira. It's your 401k. That's owned by an individual and you can transfer it into your rollover Ira. Just as a programming note for our listeners, I'm keep generalized to like a situation that might apply to lots of people, right? Like I've got 401ks, my wife's got 401ks. What do we do with them? The reality is I'm personally not about to take Mike's advice here because <laughs> I don't have previous 401ks. What I've got, because I worked for a long time, a TSP. What's a TSP? It's a teaspoon, dolts. See, it's right in the name, according to Mike. No, it's the thrift savings plus the federal government's version of a 401k. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. You could, that, you know what you could do with that, Matt? You could transfer oh, no. it. To, you could transfer it to your rollover IRA. I could, except I'm probably not. No, nah, because I'd... it's doing super well, and it's just one more login, it's doing, and I'm just. It's doing super. That's it great. Away. I love. Uh, man, there's so much to talk about here. It's doing no, super it's well, well allocated. It's doing I, super I, well. No, it's it's <laughs> it's doing super well because it's well allocated. I don't look at. I look at it once a year. I don't mess with it too much. It's 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 then, allocated. The you I should want. have your you should have your rollover Why? IRA somewhere that you never look at it. Why do you if you love the TSP because it's well allocated? Then, <laughs> you should have your rollover IRA somewhere you only look at once a year. And first and wait, I do. Why I do look at it once a year? Why would you say I'm making this generalized for the listeners because I'm not going to take Mike's advice? <laughs> Why would you say something like that? That's terrible. Because my <laughs> idiosyncratic situation does not apply to most people. Whereas I think the situation of I have some previous jobs. I have a 401k over here. My wife's right. got a 401 I got you. All so right. No, get wait. back to the track here. Yeah, let's get back. Let's get, wait. But for, so, I do want to get back. But also TSP. Lots of people have TSPs. Just briefly, I said you could roll to a roll. You could transfer it to a rollover IRA. You could do that. Often I recommend leaving it in the TSP. Love the thrift saving plan. Leave it in the TSP. That's great. So don't, you know, immediately run out and think you need to do that transfer. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Yeah, one of the things that the federal government is very good at is, believe it or not, no people don't like to believe this because it's kind of become a political culture thing to like diss, oh, the government, they screw everything up. Not true. Actually, they're extremely good at a bunch of things, including setting up programs like this that are super low cost, right? Like it's like having a broad end and give you a lot of, you know, fairly easy to navigate options. It's a good thing. And by the way, people out there, this was like my least favorite thing to deal with. There are like these chain meme things that go around the internet that like, did you know that members of Congress get a special golden parachute retirement plan? No, they don't. Please. People, no, they don't. <laughs> They're also SP. If you work for the federal government, no matter what you do, thank you for your work on behalf of the rest of us. And 
everyone gets the same thing. All right, back to track. So the point of all of this was, the reason I sent this text was that we did a show, I don't know, about a month ago, where we were talking about what if your funds in the wrong set of accounts, right? So I'm with Ganvard and I set up, as I'm required to, a brokerage account, which as I understand it is just like, hey, the money comes in, you can invest it, you can do whatever with it, but it's not a tax-free account. It's not a tax-deferred account. It's not a simple TEF, TEF, right. KEO, not any kind of IRA, right? It didn't have any preferred tax status. And so we, we started to give that breadcrumb of, well, what do you do if you're in that situation? And it turns out that there's not a simple fix. There's like a lot of stuff you need to start to do. So what I started to do was, I was like, okay, first rule is if you're in a hole, stop digging. So I have a set it and forget it monthly transfer that I've set up from my checking account, our checking account, to, I'll just call it Vanguard. I'll stop being annoying <laughs> about this, to Vanguard, where we are our retirement. And in talking to you offline, we agreed, you know what? What's more pressing for you is instead to do that savings into a 529, given my own situation. That makes more sense for me. That's not generally your advice. As you laid out in the 529 episode, when it comes to shove, you generally say, look, options for borrowing when it comes to college. So you'd rather people put the money, you know, you only get one shot at saving for it. In my situation, this makes more sense. Okay. So I started the process of stopping to dig, digging the hole by trying to change the transfer from going to Vanguard to going to Fidelity, which is where I have the 529. Can I tell you that this also was not as easy as quitting the gym? They, they, oh, wait, before you, all, wait, before you do that, go ahead. Yeah, let me jump in. I love that if you're already in a hole, stop digging. That's great. However, if you're saving money automatically, don't turn that off. <laughs> okay, people? Matt didn't t hear what he said. He didn't turn off the automatic no, savings. No, no. I didn't he moved stop. it somewhere else. Okay, so let's just get that's that just, straight. That's a different kind of hole. You know, you're it's like it's like in uh, Indiana Jones and the and the Holy Grail. It's like your situation has not improved if you're in the revolving door that takes you from one fireplace to the other. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So don't if you have automatic savings, don't stop them. I love automatic savings. Save the money. But hear what Matt said. It was I'm automatically saving money into my brokerage account which is what we call a taxable account. So all your savings there are taxed every year. The interest, the dividends, capital gains are all taxed every year. What we'd like to do is if possible, save as much money into tax deferred, tax free. These accounts that give you a boost and extra savings by not paying taxes in some way. Okay, so don't oh, keep the automatic savings, but evaluate your situation. Am I maxing out? You know, Education is important to me. How am I really looking at 529s? Am I looking at my employer retirement accounts? We started with IRAs. Am I maxing out what I can do in IRAs? Look at all those different areas where you would get a tax break, a tax savings. And the final one is the brokerage account. <laughs> okay, right. While looking at all those things. So that's, yeah. And that's actually, no, that's a great distinction you're making because. We did talk about that in the episode. People can just go back and listen to it. Yeah. We did talk about that. That very first step is, you know, you can pithily stop digging. 
I'm digging. <laughs> but that is kind of important is like first, you know, start getting your your savings flow going yeah. into these and I'll, and I'll say this, in fact, first, so you're thinking, now you're thinking mentally, am I doing this? You know what you need to do next, Matt, step two, go, mm -hmm. if you are at an employer, go get their benefits package, that big PDF yeah. that's 30 pages and read it. Okay. That will give you hints on more places that you can shove money away and save more in taxes. So do that as step two, read your benefits. I, for all my clients, Matt, I read the benefits and I'm always finding, Hey, did you know you have an after you could contribute after tax to your 401k. Did you know you have a deferred 457 plan? I just find these things that are that these employers offer and people aren't taking advantage of them. So please go I, do that. No, I'm glad you said that is a critical pivot point in the rescue plan. And you know, step 1 is super important because I'm 49. Oh god, I love saying that. <laughs> I'm 49. You know what was awesome? A quick quick diversion. You know what was really awesome? I look when I see my own face it's in the mirror, you know, like most normal humans. I don't have like 360 degree vision. And sometimes I see myself Zoom or Squadcast, wherever we record these shows. And so when I see myself from the front, I've got, I've got a nice little white patch, kind of like, um, you know, corner right on my head. And I've got a lot of gray, but the way the coloration shows up, I, I still see a lot of brown in my hair. Here's the thing. I also coach a basketball team. And we were in a scrimmage, and this team we were playing against had shelled out for one of these awesome, super high-mounted, like, 360-degree cameras to record the game. And I got the feed from the opposing coach. It was pretty awesome. And the point is, it's a downward angle on my head. You know what I found out, Mike? <laughs> my hair is freaking white on top. It's no one white. told me this. I was completely unaware of it. Like, Let's, you know, how else would I know? <laughs> Luckily, Matt, there's not a lot of 10 foot tall people walking around looking down at you <laughs> to, to you know let you the know that. Is they're all in my family. No, you know what the, the thing is? I married into a super tall family. That's true. And so, like, we have so many nephews and cousins and whatnot that are 6'5 and above. They all knew this. They've been, like, yeah, yeah. just too polite to be like, shoot, Dude. Matt. It's really, the situation is bad. All right. Wait. So, the point is, I'm 49. So, if you find yourself in this situation where, you know, you have built up money in a brokerage account or non-good tax situation, it can be a, a long rescue and we'll get into that. But like the very first step, I've still got hopefully, you know, a couple decades of working life ahead of me. So I have a significant amount of time to build up those tax preferred savings and, and starting now is a good step. And then I'll have a great opportunity if my kids manage to get into college to expend a lot of those. Yeah, to spend so anyway, it all. <laughs> And then your point too is super important to make sure you've you've found all the nooks and crannies. But that kind of leads us right to point three, which is you were telling me offline that there's a big distinction. If you if you've got a lot of money in a brokerage account, a lot can mean a different thing. A That's lot right. is doing a lot of work in that sentence. What what's the distinction there? Yeah, yeah. So you definitely want money. Here's the distinction. Yeah, you definitely want money in a brokerage account. You're checking. Let's lump them together. Your checking account, your savings account, and your brokerage account. These are all taxable accounts. And what's nice about them, the huge benefit, is that you can just go and grab that money and spend it if you need to. It's just sitting right there. Your checking and savings, you already know that. But the same in your brokerage. You could just sell some investments or you have cash sitting in there and you can just spend it tomorrow. Oh my gosh, massive problem with the roof on my house. I need to spend money. So you can just spend that money. So that's what's great. All these other accounts, eh, there's gotchas. 
right? You're 49, Matt. You can't really touch these other accounts. All right. So your 401ks, your IRAs, your TSP, there's all problems. If you try to pull that money out tomorrow, you're actually going to owe taxes, penalties, potentially stuff like that. So they're more locked away for retirement. That's the whole idea. Can I ask you a question about that? Though? Yeah. Because I think yeah. this may be one of the, this is how I got fooled. Okay. Yeah. When I put the money into a brokerage account, I was given the option to invest it in a target date fund. My money that's in the brokerage account is in something aligned with my yeah. retirement age, a target, although I should I should cheat it. I should cheat yeah. it per your other advice. It, it's, it's in a target date fund, which means it's invested. So if I want to, that is that money as liquid as I think it yeah. is? Because it's invested, I would pay a capital gains yes. if I, so here's, yeah, you have two problems, Matt. In your brokerage account, which is a taxable account, you should not use target date funds. Don't you remember that episode like a year ago? So if you're listening now and you have a brokerage account with a target date fund, you can leave it, of course, because you have tax gains, if you have capital gains, if you try to switch it. But in general, we don't like to use target date funds in taxable accounts. Now, if you do have one, you really want the ETF version, not the mutual fund version. You can go back and listen to some of those episodes, mutual funds versus ETFs. So that's your first problem, Matt. But you know what? That's okay. And then well, again, this was years ago, right? <laughs> this was, this was years ago. You're doing that... great because your investments have made money. You know, your second problem is, yes, you're going to get a capital gain if you sell it. Oh, boo-hoo, you made money and you owe a little bit in taxes, you know, or you could have just left it in cash. I'm just, and, I'm just saying, I, I was just drawing the yeah. distinction because you, you were lumping together saving, Understood. checking, and brokerage. is good, but they're not necessarily all quite as liquid as as the others. No, I would say this, they are all as liquid. Okay. Most people tend to think of their brokerage as for the future. I'm investing. They think of their checking and savings as everyday money, direct deposit. I'm paying off the credit right. card and the brokerage account kind of, Oh, that's for emergencies or the future. If it's for emergencies or the future, please go ahead and invest it. Target date fund, just use a total stock market fund or whatever. Please go ahead and invest it because it's unlikely you're going to use it. It's there in case you have an emergency or if you need it. But the whole point is you've set it aside thinking, ah, I probably won't need this. So yes, please invest that, that brokerage money and have it grow. If you do need it, if you have an emergency, you sell it and you spend it. It's just as liquid. It's just as available. The only problem is you might have to pay capital gains, which is a good problem because you made money. That was great that you invested it. Congratulations. The worst part is if it goes down, you invested it, and then a year later you need it, and it goes down by 20%, okay? But again, hey, if you still have it, you sell it, you still have 80% of whatever you put in there, and you can go ahead and spend it for whatever you need. So they're all right. very, very available, and that's the, benefit, the big benefit of checking savings and brokerage accounts. Now you ask the question, okay, how much is a lot? When do we start thinking about this? It's really up to you. How much do you need in emergencies? You want to have enough in your checking, savings, and brokerage to feel very comfortable. For a lot of people, that might be a total of $50,000. Just throwing that out there. Hey, with $50,000 between my checking and saving and my brokerage account, I feel like I can handle emergencies. You know, my job's pretty stable. Like I don't expect to have problems. And 50 grand seems like enough to always on tap, always ready, just in case something comes up. Um, so that could be enough. So if you're in the tens of thousands, I definitely recommend having that amount 
in your checking, saving, and brokerage. Once you get into the hundreds of thousands in your checking, saving, and brokerage account or your brokerage account, hundreds of thousands, there's where, hey, we should really save in some of these other vehicles because you will save more. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. Right. And, you know, it's interesting because, like I said, I established this years ago and I made that fundamental original mistake of, oh, I'm going to put this on there. This is my retirement. And I didn't um, I did accrue enough that, you know, I do treat it to be clear. I do treat the brokerage account as I agree with you. If there were an emergency in our family. Of course I could sell it and use that money tomorrow. Right. It is not locked up. I wouldn't have to go through a special step, right? There's no tax penalty for the use. Look, if it's an emergency, of course you can do, do that, that with your, yeah. but like, it's just a, it's a capital gain the tax, but it's not like, you know, it, it's still, as you said, there's a gain, there's still, the funds are there, but I, it has, because I've been contributing with for years, it has now grown to a size where it really like a long-term rescue. And so that's kind of where I, I wanted to go next. So bringing this around full circle, our jumping off point was I texted you and I'm like, I've got this rollover IRA and I'm starting to try the rescue process. You know, can I use this as my IRA going forward? We've gone through that. The answer is you could, your advice in general for most people is just better to track. Okay, fair enough. The next thing I did was kind of, like the first step, I'm going to stop transferring to that fund. I'm going to start putting things in a 529. My savings that we're able to make every month is going to the 529. I just want to tell people that one of the aspects of that rescue plan episode we did was how long is it going to, to do this? And we warned people each step you gotta, you gotta plan for like an hour. And this first step of just, I want to stop transferring to Vanguard. I want to start transferring to Fidelity. Seemed like it should be easy. It is not easy. It's not. You have to go and stop the transfer, which means you have to find it layers deep. Like the click depth on, yeah. on the Vanguard site is really regrettable. And then because it's so hard to both find and manage, you know what I ended up doing? <laughs> I love this part. I ended up keeping a minimal <laughs> amount getting transferred every month just so, so that I wouldn't have to start something up all over again from scratch because I might not be able to find <laughs> this again. But you're never going to be able to turn That small amount of money is going to be forever now. You're never going to find it again. <laughs> Which is fine, you know. And so then I went over to Fidelity and... I, f I navigated through, it was not much easier. I navigated through, I had a set transfer going there a little bit mm -hmm. and I wanted to increase it. And I eventually found the screen, clicked on it and I, I set the new amounts and it gave me an error screen. You have to select a symbol and you have to select an account. There was no option for doing, there was no drop down. there was no nothing. So I had to deal with the chat bot who tried to prove that I was a human and kept trying to nudge me toward, let me bot you the answer, which of course it didn't have the answer. So then I got to a human and they were like, oh yeah, much in the system. Yeah, no kidding. You're right. It was a glitch in the system. She said, let, let me just do it for you. Assume it's a she, I don't know. It was probably a fake pseudonym. And she did the change for me. So that's lovely. The point is the whole thing probably took me about 30 to 40 minutes, start to finish. 
But it's done now. I've done that step. So that was the accomplishment for last week. And then by texting you, I was setting up what will now be the next step for this week, which is either establishing or starting to transfer to this existing IRA account. Yeah. Here's the great part about the IRAs too. So that's great, Matt. So glad you made it through there and came out the other end. Now we're going to do that. We're going to do IRAs. First of all, most, most listeners, again, keep your automatic savings going to the brokerage. Okay. Because most people, the 529 is great and you can set up some automatic savings there as well, or switch it around. But for the IRA, here's the problem you're going to run into, Matt. I don't actually recommend setting up automatic transfers every month to your IRA. Now I do recommend every year contributing to an IRA. So in the example before, hey, you have a few hundred thousand, you realize you're in this, this problem. Hey, I've saved too much money in, in my brokerage account. There's a few hundred thousand there. Yes, low hanging fruit, make sure you're contributing to an IRA every year. Okay, that will save you tens of thousands of dollars in taxes over your lifetime, tens of thousands. Okay, no brainer. So your IRA, the problem is they keep changing it every year, how much you can contribute. So if I tell you today to do 500 a month, that gets you the 6,000, that was last year's and that's 6,500 this year and it's 7,000 next year. <laughs> so it's a different monthly amount every year. So this is why often what I say is save it automatically in your broker. So Matt, for you, save it automatically. You gotta dig down in Vanguard and find it again and get more money going there. Save it automatically throughout the year, at least 7,000 a year. And then once a year, do a contribution to your IRA. So, and this is exactly where I was going to kind of wind this up yep. was, so my next step is to take $7,000 from my brokerage account and put it into either a newly established or my existing rollover IRA. And that's it. But to be clear, because the entirety of my brokerage account is invested in a target date fund, I am going to have a capital gain associated with that. Um, so it is not a lossless transaction. However, long term, the thinking is that begin, even if I'm paying a capital gain as I do this, I'm still better off long term when I eventually need those IRA funds because they will have been growing in this tax deferred account. 100% what you just said. So even though you have a capital gain, do it, sell it, pay the capital gain, and then put the money into your IRA. Now, here's what you're going to do, Matt. We're at the end of the year. You're going to do this early next year. You can do both the 2023 contribution. Look up, do a Google search, max contribution to an IRA 2023. It'll tell you the right amount. And then if you're under 50, <laughs> like you, or if you're over 50, there's a different amount. Okay. So that's why I do a quick Google search, confirm. Um, 2023 contribution, you could do it up until tax filing time. So do it early in the year. And if you can, if you're in Matt's situation, I'll recommend to Matt, do your 2024 contribution at the same time during the first quarter of 2024. So you can do both 2023 and 2024 all at the same time while you're already on the screens, oh, doing the selling and putting the money in. So you can do both contributions and then set a reminder for a year later, uh, do it during the first quarter of every year. Well, there we go. All right, so I have my homework, but I will say that, you know, final thought on this, even though it was a pain in the butt to do this, just, just to re do the transfer part, even though that was a pain in the butt, 
it was time well spent. It was money well spent. It was like a, yeah. a dollar per hour basis. It was a good investment of time. Um, it was annoying. I had to deal with bots. I had to deal with bots. I had to prove my essential humanity. I don't love having to do that because I'm not <laughs> confident about it. Um, but it got done and I was satisfied about it. And, you know, look, now I'm starting the long process of future funds are going into a, a better tax situation set of accounts. Yeah. And I'm going to start the very long rescue process for the funds I do have. So I am on the road. And if you chunk it out a little bit at a time, it is doable. That's what I'm here to tell you. You, Matt, just by these couple of small changes, you literally saved yourself tens of thousands of dollars without a doubt. I'm telling you, I've run the numbers over you know, the next 10, 20, 30 years that they're sitting in these accounts, tens of thousands of dollars for you know that small, <laughs> quote unquote, small amount of pain. Now here's the good news and the teaser for our next episode or one coming up soon. This is the step one, step zero, step one, and step two. But I told you to look at your benefits package and you're going to go and do that. And you're going to find you can do after-tax 401k contributions. You're going to find you have a 457 deferred comp plan. <clears throat> you're going to find, um, you're, you know, you got bonuses and RSUs and stock options that are vesting every year. Now we have a lot more things to continue talking about. And you're saying you find, oh yeah, my brokerage account for my RSUs and stock options and other stuff is, um, yeah, a few hundreds of thousands. So my friend, we need to take advantage of what's in your benefits packet. And then Matt, you and I can talk more about that in the future. All right. Well, on that note, we will talk more about that in the future. Mike Morton and Matt Robeson, we will see you next time. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us on Financial Planning for Entrepreneurs. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to and rate the podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can connect with me at LinkedIn or MortonFinancialAdvice.com. I'd love to get your feedback. If you have a comment or question, please email me at financialplanningpod at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. This recording is for informational purposes only and should not be considered for investment advice. Opinions expressed as are of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. We do not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the data presented here.